We are joined right now by a former NFL offensive tackle. He played nine years with the Browns and the Chiefs. He was selected with the 37th pick in the 2012 draft by the Browns out of Cal. I'm telling you, we UC guys stick together. Also, he won a Super Bowl with the Chiefs in 2020. He is a four-time All-Pro. He is Mitchell Schwartz. Mitchell, it's good to have you back on. Thanks so much. Always good to talk to you. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Great. I'm awesome. Thanks so much for doing it. Sorry I'm late. So you were part of the Chiefs team that overcame a 10-point deficit in the fourth quarter to beat the Niners in the Super Bowl four years ago. I'm curious, what was your level of confidence Sunday that Casey would turn that trick once again when they fell behind 10 early on? It was high. I was slightly worried because the offense started looking a little bit like kind of a, you know, quote unquote old chiefs of before uh, this, this playoff run. And so I was worried that they might kind of regress a little bit into what it felt like in November and December when they were struggling and the frustration would come up. But the, I mean, it's just awesome to see the resilience, the ability to push through that. And I think, you know, especially in the fourth quarter and overtime, I think everybody knew that once, Mahomes got his hands on the ball. He was going to go down and score. So it was fun to watch. It's uh, a lot more nerve-wracking on the opposite side when you can't be on the field. But you know, the confidence uh, for that guy to come through is always high. Always. Mitchell Schwartz joining us to that point. He now has three rings. He's got three Super Bowl MVPs. He's gone 15-3 and three in his postseason career. He's only 28. I mean, the guy's damn near inevitable, automatic on the biggest stage. Can you share what it's like to be in the huddle with this dude when the game is on the line? It's surprisingly normal. It's, you know, I think that's maybe the biggest indicator for him is that he doesn't make the situation anything bigger than it needs to be. There's obviously a, a greater sense of urgency. There's a, hey, guys, let's go. You know, we got to go score to win the game. Um, but there's not a wishy-washy, oh, we can do this. And there's no, you know, kind of hoping that it's going to happen. There's just a, hey, this is what we're going to do. And let's go down the field and make it happen. And so there's, you know, that confidence in himself, that confidence in his teammates, uh, because for him, it would have been very easy to you know lose trust and lose confidence in the guys around him. You know, he had the most drop passes from the receiver core of anyone in the NFL this year. Uh, there's some you know bad offensive line play throughout the year and even in the beginning of that game. Uh, but again, he just he has a pure belief in himself and the guys around him. And uh, that huddle on the last drive, it just uh, it feels like most other huddles. You just know that you really do have to go down and score to win. Yeah, I mean, I think it speaks to not only his incredible talent, but he's a great, great leader. He's not pointing the finger. He's keeping everybody together. Mitchell Schwartz is joining us. And then on the other side, Mitchell, shock of all shocks, Chris Jones was blowing stuff up, being disruptive as can be, especially late in the game. You used to match up with him in practice. What makes that guy the game record that he is? Yeah, he's incredible. So what makes him so special is that he is incredibly strong. And so if you go back and you look at some of the pre-draft reports and some of just the kind of general defensive line reports on, on guys who watch film and stuff, they'll tell you that he plays high and you know, you're not supposed to play high, but he can play high because he's so strong and because he understands leverage. You know, there's a, a little bit of a misconception that, you know, where a guy's head is determines exactly kind of his leverage point that Chris's hips are always low. His hands are in great position. He's got so much natural body strength that he can afford to, you know, not have the, the flexibility per se of some of these other guys that, that need to do it to get the leverage. And so if you use your hands against Chris, he swipes them away. I mean, we saw that play early in the game where he destroyed the left guard in like a 0.25 seconds and McCaffrey had to uh, come and save the day. And that was the pretty pass to the end zone to Debo that McDuffie had that awesome coverage that McDuffie jumped up and, and blocked away. And Chris had, 
pressure in you know a quarter of a second because if you throw your hands against him, he's so skilled. And this is what gets lost in the Chris conversation. He's so skilled with his hands. He knows how to use them. He knows how to you know counter whatever the offensive line is trying to do. And then the next time you're going to think, well, man, I can't throw my hands against him because he's going to swipe them away. And then you don't, and all that strength comes right down, and he's able to walk you right into the quarterback. And, you know, again, in the Buffalo game, we saw that on the throw that Allen missed in the end zone. It was because he was, you know, walking back a 330-plus-pound left tackle, and Deion Dawkins, who's a heck of a player, into Josh Allen, and Allen gets bumped as he throws it. So Chris is able to pair up, you know, elite strength with elite hand usage, and Whatever the offensive lineman tries to do, he's basically able to make you wrong. I love that. Mitchell Schwartz is joining us. So, Mitchell, then you've got the big fellow himself, big red Andy Reid, and there was a lot of speculation as to, you know, if the guy wins another one, he might walk it off. I mean, come on. Why? Why, why would you leave right now when you love what you do, you're doing as well as you are, you've got arguably the greatest quarterback ever, potentially? I mean, I can't think of one reason why he would. And then yesterday he said, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not at all. I thought The Athletic had a really good piece today where they had a bunch of people telling their favorite Andy Reid story. Can you tell me what is it that makes this guy so unique, so good? And do you have a favorite Andy Reid story? I do. And so I'll tell the what makes him so great is he's able to combine a personality and like a human nature to how demanding he is and how much he expects out of people. And it makes for a really fun work environment because he's not someone that, you know, makes sure that everyone's doing everything to these exact natures every single time. And so you feel like you're given some leash and you're given some room to be yourself. You know, his biggest motto is be yourself, show your personality. He wants, you know, Travis to be who Travis is. He wants Pat to be who he is. Now, if you go a little bit too far, he's not going to be afraid to rein that back in. And that's where he, is so good is he's able to let guys express themselves, be themselves, have fun, enjoy every single day. And that's, that's really key. I mean, you want to love going to work every day. You want to love your job. And he fosters that kind of environment, and he makes it really special um, between him and every single guy that, that he works with. And then that gets into my favorite story where, you know, he asked me if I ever had a chili Reno burrito before, which uh, <laughs> I never even heard of. And uh, I said, no. And I guess he's got a place in his house in Southern California that's got these awesome chili Reno burritos. And he was saying that he tried to get the, the kitchen staff to make him one at the facility, and it wasn't quite the same. So he just uh, he waits till he's back home to, to eat it. And I thought that was so perfect because, again, it's like that he loves the food, but it's also the attention and detail that, like, he knew enough about the dish to try to get them to recreate it and to like, kind of, like, show them the way. Um, so, of course, my, my favorite story with him involves food. I, I absolutely love that. I wonder if, if it was at Javier's. Do you ever work your way down here from the Palisades, from L.A.? Do you come down to Javier's? Well, actually, there are Javier's. There's one Century City. Have you ever gone? I have not, um, but that might be. I know he's, he's down your way a little bit. He is, and then he won't tell me anymore. I, I ran into him once at the restaurant, and I've known him a while, but you know you know how the big fellow is. I, I didn't want to pry, but I took one shot at it, and he kind of very politely shut me down, and I let it go at that. But I love that. It's, it's great that it's a food story. To your point, though, that his attention to detail is legendary. I mean, does he really have everything still on 3 by 5 note cards? Like, how would you describe that attention to details? Yeah, and the 3x5 note card is actually a little bit of a maybe juxtaposition against the attention to detail because he, his team meetings are incredibly quick. So his philosophy is if I need 
I shouldn't need to speak to the team about something that I can't put on a three by five note card. Mm. You know, I'm not going to have these 15, 20, 30 minute team meetings, which I loved. You know, I came from Cleveland. I had three head coaches in four years, a lot of new head coaches and they're trying to establish culture and they want to have meetings every day and they want to talk to you. And, you know, eventually the message might kill off a little bit and it becomes repetitive. And, you know, coach Reed has in the off season program, maybe three or four team meetings, you know, one at the beginning of each of the phases to kind of explain the rules and, after that, he doesn't really need to talk to you. He sets the rules. He sets the expectations. And he doesn't want that team meeting to drag on. And that, you know, again, kind of counters how detail-oriented he is, how much uh, he puts into every single thing he does. And I think on the field, in terms of, you know, just kind of a general schematic thing, you look at his success on screens over his entire career. That was something I knew of him from the Philadelphia years and getting to, to work under him, how detail-oriented he is on exactly – where he wants to run him back to catch it, how he wants them to turn up field, where the linemen are supposed to be, you know, which guys are going to be here, how he's uh, drawing up the play to make sure the receivers are also part of the screen and they have to be running the routes in a specific way to, to draw coverage away from it. And so, yeah, the, the screen game, I think, is the biggest testament to his attention to detail on the field. Love it. Really quickly, Mitchell, what do you think? How likely is a 3 P? We know it's not going to be the same team next year. How likely do you think a 3 P it is? Man, it's just it's it's so hard to to bank on NFL teams winning a Super Bowl because so much can happen. Um, guys can get hurt and all that. But to what Mahomes said after the game, I mean, it's like the youngest team in the league. One of them, the defense is incredibly young. Uh, the O line is coming back mostly intact. You could maybe sign Donovan, or you could play a, a rookie in Wanya next year who got some good time on the field. Um, you know, I'm guessing they're going to upgrade at the receiver position in a couple key spots. And so you're looking at you know, a defense that could come back, you know, mostly intact. They've got Chris Jones and Legere Sneed, two guys that uh, are going to get paid, whether it's in Kansas City or somewhere else. But the foundation's there. They got the head coach. They got the quarterback. Um, you know, if I was putting my money on it, I'd definitely say the Chiefs. But it's incredibly difficult to win two in a row. And, you know, winning three, I don't think it's ever happened. So it's going to be uh, fun for them to work through it and to, uh, you know, watch that. I know it hasn't happened. I mean, that's another reason to take a shot at it, and that's why he should come back. Mitchell Schwartz, he's got his ring. He's a four-time All-Pro. My man, you're a great follow on X. You're a great guest on this show. I appreciate you, Mitchell. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Always great to talk to you. Always good to talk to you. Much respect, my man. Of course he went to Cal. Very, very bright. Very smart. I love listening to him break down the game. Really good stuff right there.